Fans of the Dynasty Invest podcast, if you feel like there was one particular episode in the back catalogue in the anthology of Dynasty Invest podcast episodes that really, really, really was massively valuable to you, feel free to share that with a fellow dental colleague who's in a similar position so their understanding of finance can be elevated and they can hit the next level of financial success in their life. Also, as well as that, if you could take two seconds to rate and review this podcast, it would mean the world to me. What that would mean is that it drives this podcast further in terms of reach so that more dentists across the world can be able to benefit from the knowledge contained therein. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Dentists Who Invest podcast. Cool. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Dentists Who Invest podcast. We're going to depart slightly from finance today although it is definitely related to the business aspect of dentistry and we're going to talk about something that you may or may not know about if you do know about it you will have been wowed by it because it's flipping incredible and if you don't yet know about it then you're in for a treat on today's podcast and the theme of today the subject of today what we're going to talk about is chat gpt now chat gpt I could give my attempted description of what it is, but instead of me doing that and doing a terrible job, I'm joined today by my good friend, Dr. Oh, I almost said Dr. Adrian Dre. Dr. Adrian Dre. Although it's the that- Dr. Dre thing. I'll take it, <laughs> but I'm not, a, I'm not a licensed physician. You, you got to me. That. That's definitely what it was. That's definitely what it was. <laughs> I'm joined today by my good friend, Adrian Dre, and we're going to cover everything and anything chat GPT and also describe its relevance to the dental industry. Adrian, how are you? I'm very good. I'm, I'm very excited about this and thank you for inviting me along. Um, I enjoyed our chat the other day and I think you could tell my enthusiasm and thought, yeah, you know what, this might be good for the Dentist to Invest podcast listeners. So thank you. Thanks for bringing me on. It's cool, man. You know, I think that this slightly off the cuff and offbeat stuff definitely deserves a platform because the, and it's a bit like when we talk about NFTs and the Dentist Invest podcast, you know, there is no way that that information really elsewise gets circulated. And chat GPT is so flipping cool. And I'm actually mm. jumping at the bit. If anybody hasn't seen it, right, chatgpt.com, basically it's a, it's an AI bot. It's like a conversationalist. It's a chat bot, but on a whole other level. It's like talking to another really eloquent, really intelligent human being. You you basically cannot tell. Have I done a somewhat decent job of describing it, Adrian? I think that's that's pretty that's pretty good. I like you. I sometimes struggle explaining what it is because it's so different and new. To, to us as 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 the common man <laughs> now for people who have been working in artificial intelligence they might think it's not that you know oh there's other stuff that's better but this has been released to us this is this is incredible so maybe james i can give you the, the chat gpt response when i asked it introduce yourself what do this you is- do what do you know and who is your creator? This is how self-sentient this flipping thing is. You can actually ask it what it is. And it's <laughs> a long description. The self-awareness is off the charts. Anyway, yeah. This is what it, this is what it says. Is I'm a chatbot, a language model developed by OpenAI. My purpose is to assist users in generating human-like text for a variety of natural language processing tasks. 
I'm trained on a diverse data set of internet text and have knowledge on a wide range of topics. My creators are the team of researchers and engineers at OpenAI. Now, that's a lot of information, right? And I thought, okay, well, how would I ask ChatGPT? I said, how would you introduce yourself to my mum who has no idea what AI is? <laughs> right? And this is what it said. Hello. My name is ChatGPT. <laughs> I'm a computer program that can understand and generate human-like text. My creators at OpenAI have taught me to assist people with tasks such as answering questions and writing messages. Think of me as an advanced form of a word processor or search engine. And I thought that was quite sweet. And, and my mum would get that. <laughs> and I hope, hope your, your, learn, your listeners have too. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing, right? That description sounds so generic and unassuming, but this thing is so powerful that you, you can talk to it, have a conversation. You know, here, here's an example, right? So the day after it came out, one of my close friends called me, right? And he's a bit of a tech, he's, you know, he's really, he's a tech geek. He's into all that stuff, right? And sometimes he'll tell me about stuff and I, I can't relate because that's not my forte. And he'll say, oh, this program does X, Y, and Z. And I'm happy for him, right? But I don't fully get it, right? And that's the level that we communicate on. That's the dynamic effectively, right? So then he called me up and he told me about chat GPT. And I almost, because of past experience, I didn't get too excited till I looked at it myself. And he was like, James, just check out how sentient this thing is. He was like, tell me a joke. He type, started typing into the chat bot. He was like, tell me a joke about a sausage dog, a kiwi fruit and a penguin and do it in the voice of Dr. Dre, right? And I was like, no mm. way, okay? No way. And he did mm. this, right? And he typed it up. And then right there, it started processing for a while. And then the screen, the text started appearing on the screen. It was actually ad hoc making this joke there and then in the voice of Dr. Dre. And I can't remember exactly how the joke went. It actually did make sense. But I remember how it started. And it was like, hey, it's your boy, Dr. Dre. <laughs> like, you want to talk about my illustrious rap career let me tell you <laughs> my pet penguin encountered a kiwi fruit and then it just went off and it just told this whole story and it was this whole yeah. joke and I, I was like this is you made this up i actually thought it was him he created this thing you know and it was like a joke or something but it, then I, I started to use it more and it could ad hoc just make these things up anything you want you could get it to tell write your emails and tell your stories and all sorts of things. Anyway, I don't mean to steal all of the limelight, but you can tell I'm blown away by it. And for anybody who yeah. has to, and and James, exactly the same situation. Now, I, I've been advising on AI from a privacy perspective for a few years now and in dentistry because we've got AI clinical tools, processing patient data, and there are legal things around there, legal mechanisms and considerations that are quite complex. So that's been my that's been my I'd say narrow view, still quite you know different view to most other people just because of the nature of the work. But when I saw this thing, the first thing I did was like write a rap about my cats and my cats are called <laughs> Klaus and Ned and they, this is what they this is what this is what they do and this is the kind of breed they are and this kind of stuff. And then now make it into a poem. Now make a fantasy story. Now write it in the style of um, 
you know, Lord, Lord of the Rings and just was like playing with it and just thinking, my word, it's so versatile. It can move to all these different, in, in seconds. It's creating this stuff in seconds. I thought this is really interesting. And then I was out in Sweden uh, just when uh, ChatGPT became publicly available. That's what we see now. It's been around for a while, but it's publicly available in its beta mode by OpenAI. And then I started like researching and reading papers about it and, and speaking to AI engineers and seeing what else it can do. And I realized it's like, okay, I've been like stuck on beginner mode <laughs> because I've just been like using it for raps and poems and stuff like this. But it can do so much more. And the reality is, is that I was actually a little bit skeptical of this being a game changer for business until I started using it properly. Now, I don't even know what level I'm at now. I know I'm a lot better than I was 150 hours ago of ChatGPT experimentation. Because what it comes down to is knowing its limitations knowing probably the kind of the ethics around it. And then from that, being able to craft the right questions and instructions and follow-ups so you can really milk as much of the good information and rich outputs as you possibly can. I think that's so important because when I see people online from, and I'm not hammering anyone in dentistry on this. I see this across different industries I operate in. But when they discredit ChatGPT and these other AI tools, I just think there's got there's two reasons for that. Either you don't know how to use it properly or you're threatened by it because it's going to put you out of business or it's going to take attention away from you or whatever it might be. The thing is, as us, me and you, like, do we want to be on that side or do we actually want to experiment with it? And if we're going to experiment with it, should we get, you know, a, you know, you can pass go kind of card <laughs> so we can just get to the good stuff straight away. And that's, that's what I've been really looking into seeing the, the versatility of it, but how you really lock in the right prompts to get the most out of it. And I'm really excited to ask you what you've learned on that voyage into the functionality of chat gpt because i was i was much like you i mean i very much treated it as a novelty whenever i saw it the first time i thought it was funny i enjoyed that dr joke doc, that joke about dr dren is penguin i didn't explore it much after that i thought oh that's cool and then i thought about it a little bit and i was like goodness this is really powerful i know that there's some way that this can be harnessed and then went back to whatever it is that I was doing before I started seeing everybody talking about it. And I was like, whoa, this is really getting somewhere. I wanted to say one thing, you know, like I can even feel in myself and I'm like, wow, it almost feels like once upon a time, there'll be people out there who feel hard done by, like authors and people who very well read and learned, okay? You spend a lot of time learning about a particular subject, refining their ability to craft a text on it and author something, right, who know all of a sudden they don't quite have that advantage given that AI has made that ability more accessible to everybody else. And I, I get that that's something that might make someone incredibly reticent. And even part of me is like, well, that's not fair. However, at the same time, I recognize that 
as human beings, we have this innate sentiment that makes us repulsed by things we don't know. And what I'm trying to figure out how much of that is genuine concern and how much of that is that like caveman sentiment that have you ever heard of the Luddites? Mm. The Luddites, they were like yeah. in the 1800s and they went around and smashed up industrial machines because they were like everything should yeah. be done by hand. We look back on that now and we think it's not. So is that sentiment in me, the neo-Luddite speaking? Is that something that's rational? Is that something that is actually going to inhibit me and hold me back and let everybody else have this advantage? Or do we just embrace it? And I'm not saying I know the answer. I'm just saying that that's the quandary. I'm not saying that you should think one way or the other. I'm saying that's the quandary in my head. Real quick, guys, I've put together a special report for dentists entitled The Seven Costly and Potentially Disastrous Mistakes that Dentists Make Whenever It Comes to Their Finances. Most of the time, dentists are going through these issues and they don't even necessarily realize that they're happening until they have their eyes opened. And that is the purpose of this report. You can go ahead and receive your free report by heading on over to www.dentistuinvest.com forward slash podcast report. Or alternatively, you can download it using the link in the description. This report details these seven most common issues. However, most importantly, it also shows you how to fix them. I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I, I see what you mean. I think there are there are a lot of, unfortunately, there are going to be a lot of jobs lost out of this. Uh, it, there's a lot of industries that it's going to be, it's, it's going to impact them massively. There's a lot of people that and companies that are going to get hit because they don't embrace it and they're competitors do. Um, but I think that there's there, there is a mindset to using this thing. And for me, I look at it not to it's not for cheating. I'm not doing it to try and cut corners or to be surreptitious. Surreptitious? Yeah. And you know, fake who I am or anything like that. I'm looking at it to inspire me, right? To really pick on something at speed so that it can help me in whatever journey I'm in on at that particular moment or to assist someone or whatever it is to consult. And I think when you look at it from that perspective and you're thinking, look, I've got so many tasks in the day. There are so many days where I lose at the productivity game. I've got tasks that are still on my list for the next day. And the ones I have done are half-baked, right? I think a lot of us feel like that. If you've got this thing that can, A, help you generate ideas, because that's a lot of our time. The reason why we're running on fumes is because our brain's just trying to think of stuff to do and how to do it better. And also for it to do the heavy lifting for a lot of tasks then you're going to start winning your work day. So at the end of it, you're thinking, I feel pretty good. You know? I actually, I'm at the point now, Joe, I can't believe I'm saying this, that I have time and I look forward to going through my emails. I've never done that. I've never had the time to properly do it. But it's because I've managed to just find ways to let ChatGPT pick up other tasks, things that would usually take a long time because I'd have to, really brainstorm and think about it and it's just you know it's just me in my in my little consultancy 
So seeing it from that perspective is really good. And I think when you, that's on your own personal use, but in, as the world looking at this, it's not going to replace everyone. <laughs> you know, in the same way that smartphone cameras didn't replace all the photographers in the world. There are some times where we do need to have the human generated content, the human touch. Absolutely. But we'd be fools not to see where we can deal with, um, use the AI generated touch to make our lives easier. And actually to be able to do that human stuff better. Well, I just think, I mean, the industrial revolution and every single technological revolution is effectively a tapestry of increasing productivity. Okay. That is the yeah. game, right? And that's effectively what this does, right? So that's one thing to consider. And then the other thing to consider is it's not going away. It's already been released, right? It's yeah. out there. Whether we choose to embrace it or not is another thing, but it is not going anywhere. And you know what? I'm not going to pick a side at all either here today. I'm actually still wrestling with it a little bit myself. But what I am saying is this was swirling around in my head. Let's circle back to what you were saying earlier. You said that you were delving into chat GPT and you discovered there's layers to their functionality to, to its functionality rather. Sorry. What did you find? And then, you know, it would be interesting. How does that impact upon dentistry as well? Good question. So I realized that fundamentally the, the power is in the way that you craft and curate your prompts. Now, prompts is kind of the broad term for your questions, your instructions, and these can be initial prompts or they can be follow-up prompts. You can even have a sequence of prompts during this conversation. Now, the thing for me is that before I came to this realization through experimentation, also talking and, and listening, reading and watching you know, uh, content about it, I would just think, uh, what can I use ChatGPT for? Uh, okay, let's try this. I wasn't intentional with my use. So I've had some, I'll give you a, a personal example, maybe a little bit later. But I was thinking, okay, I've got this situation. I need help with it. I need support with it. If I was going to hire someone to do it, what type, what type of person would I go to? Who would I Google? Who would I ask in a Facebook group? Who would I use in the yellow pages? Jokes. I don't even know where a yellow pages is. So who would it, what type of person would it be? And that's the, probably the most, one of the most important things to think about when you're using ChatGPT. Ask it to simulate a persona. So, for example, I needed help writing an article. It's quite a complex article. And if I had just said to ChatGPT, write an article about this, focus on this, it would write it in its default wording style. And it would, it would try and guess what I want based on all of the text and prompts, previous prompts that it's got. And maybe some of the stuff would be helpful, but it would probably go off course. Now, when I say to it, act as my copywriter, you specialize in this particular field, you have decades of experience in it, and you write in this particular style, 
then its output is far more fine-tuned and far more helpful to me. And then I was able to use that as inspiration. I didn't copy and paste it and just put it on a website or whatever it might be. I was like, okay, you've got it. You understand how I, how I speak. And that's great. And then I can use these follow-up prompts to tease out more information. So let's say I've got this article that's 600 words, 700 words. I could say, make it shorter. I could say, um, put a compelling first sentence or first paragraph, or give me uh, 10 examples of scroll-stopping, eye-catching, compelling, gripping, whatever adjective you want to use, um, titles. All that kind of stuff. Now I'm building on because it's starting to learn through this conversation. Through this conversation, it's thinking, okay, Adrian wants me to act like this. He wants me to know about this. So it's, it's basically just focusing on a specific area of its knowledge base. If I don't do that, the output's going to be very generic. I might as well just Google search it and just look through the first five, five things and you know, pick something from there. So being able to be detailed in your prompts thinking about what type of persona the ChatGPT needs to simulate in that particular conversation gives you a massive leg up. And that's just the tip of the iceberg with it. Now, to give you a – have you got any questions, or if you want me to hear, hear an example? Yeah. Well, you know what? That was, that was awesome, right? So basically, it's how we articulate our questions effectively – is how we get the most out of the the machine. And it's almost like a skill in itself. Are you with me? Yeah. So maybe, maybe yeah. you can have a quick example just to make that really tangible. And then the next, obviously the evolution of that would be how does this become relevant for the dental industry, which it, which it of course will because it's relevant for every industry. Yeah. Okay. So I'll give you a personal example and then I'll give you a, an example that I've, that I've written up in my, in my book, which I've, I loved doing. Um, this particular example, the books as we were saying earlier, is taking me longer than expected. I've, I've bit off more than I could chew. I think they always do. Be good. That's the flipping oh. problem with books, isn't it? Yeah, you keep wanting to reword it, not getting it out. Anyway, here's this particular situation. Actually, I put this in your Facebook group, James. So I have I've had a lot of calls and messages. People saying, "How on earth did you, you did you manage to do this?" So here's a personal example. This, is, this happened before ChatGPT. So earlier last year, 2022, I saw this advert that said, Have, did you um, take out a finance agreement on a car between these dates, 2010 and 2020, something like that? And I happened to have done that. And it said, you may have been missold your car finance agreement. And you may be entitled to compensation. And I thought, I'll do that. I, never, I didn't get much out of PPI to see if this, there's anything out of this. Anyway fast forward i go through the process they get their fee no win no fee they go to a go to a law firm they look at my agreement they tell me mr dre you're entitled to x amount um you had you were missold your agreement um but we only take stuff that's over ten thousand pounds in commission compensation and i was like okay but mine was I won't give you the exact figure, but it was just under that, <laughs> right? So I said, 
okay, well, can I have the can I have all the, the calculations and all of your findings? Because you're not going to take it on. I might as well just have my file, right? My, and it gave me that. So what I did is I went into <laughs> I went into ChatGPT and I said, act as my expert FCA, Financial Conduct Authorities, because this is who decided that there were missold agreements out there. Um, be my expert on on FCA um, uh, infringements and, and regulation, and and help me in this particular situation. So what I do then is I then I detail what the situation is. A really good thing you can do on ChatGPT is you give it the instruction. And you mention situation, and then you just. Press you give it a little bit of white space between the prompts and your next your next um word. I put situation equals, and then I basically just write down what's happened okay? <laughs> to me. Situate with the car, give it a little bit of context because it needs that. And then it says, Oh, it sounds like you've been missold, and all this kind of stuff. I said, Yeah, I'm gonna feed you a report, I'm gonna give you a report, and then I want to I want some help with that. So I take out all the personal information and I feed it bit by bit. I think it I think I had to split it up into about six pieces because you can't just copy and paste a whole, you know, 25 page report into it. But I put this report into ChatGPT. It analyzed the whole thing, right? It's read this whole thing now, James. It's got the calculations, the whole shebang. Then I said to it, how do I pursue a complaint for compensation to the lender? which is Land Rover, Land Rover Finance. So it gave me all of the different steps. Right? I said, write me a complaints letter that is um, about this. I wrote a complaint letter. Then I said, <laughs> rewrite it to, to in greatly increase my chances of getting compensation. So it just tweaked it again. Right, so now I've got a full letter that's been that is specific to my exact situation, that is referencing different types of FCA regulation, case law stuff that wasn't even in the report, right? Which I ver- later verified, it checked, and then it's saying that you know if you don't respond within eight weeks, we'll take it. To, I'm going to take it to the ombudsman and all this kind of stuff. And that's gone up to, to Land Rover, and I'm waiting, you know, hopefully get my check <laughs> check soon. But what was what was interesting with all of that is that it took about five minutes. And it's probably cost it's probably gonna hopefully will save me a 30% fee. Now the thing is is that I did have to you know get a consultant to, to actually check the agreement. But you know what? I, I think ChatGPT probably could have done it as well if you trained it well enough, gave it the right thing. So it was being able to, using that as an example, if you're giving it context, you're giving it a particular situation, you're giving it a persona to rely on, and then you're getting an instruction and you're fine-tuning the output of that. And it's taking very little time, but you have to be intentional. You've got to think, what do I want to get out of this? Who does it need to be? And hopefully that will be a nice bit of money for me, <laughs> right? And saving on legal fees. What do you think on that? And then I can tell you the, 
I can tell you the um, the other one. Damn, bro! Did machines just become sentient? Right on. <laughs> wow. They're not going to like Land Rover. <laughs> Hopefully, you're not listening, Land Rover Finance. If you are listening, you got my address. Um, so, <laughs> the um, so here's here's an exact exact example prompt that I used for for ChatGPT for a for a dental situation, and I've got lots of these. I've, I've created a list of of prompt templates that can be used for dental practices which really harnesses its skills and it's, it explores how it can help you in different situations to, in the business of dentistry. So I was thinking, okay, what, what are dentists really struggling with at the moment in the business of dentistry? Recruitment, right? It's really difficult to re- recruit associates, nurses, receptionists, practice managers. So I stepped into the shoes right, of a practice, of a practice owner. I had a whole Dr. Peter, he's called. He's got a practice in Didsbury. You know, he's got three associates, hygienists, four, four nurses, few receptionists, doesn't have a practice manager. So this was the avatar, right? So this is this is only for the purposes of testing it for its dental yeah, to yeah, help yeah. dentistry. Got so I've got I've got because you you know this thing, I'm not a dentist. I work with hundreds of dentists, but I'm not a dentist. I understand your pain, right? I understood enough to pretend to be a dentist and then using chat GPT. So Dr. Peter in this particular situation, who I'm pretending to be, he needs a new practice manager, right? He's lost his practice, or she's retired, whatever. It didn't go into that much of the story of it, but needs a practice manager. And he's struggling to find one, right? Really struggling to find one. Doesn't want to ask his mates, <laughs> Because they don't want to, they don't want to lose their practice manager, right? <laughs> so let's see how we can use ChatGPT for this. So what I do is I provide a little bit of context. So that little story that I've given you about the practice and it's got a good reputation, private only, all this kind of stuff in about three or four sentences. That's our little context. That's the background information. And then I say to ChatGPT. Act as my expert dental business coach. You have decades of experience helping hundreds of dentists um, grow their teams, all this kind of, like who I would want to go to, who who I would love someone to recommend me, being this Dr. Peter, to help in this situation. I am writing it down with the best of the best, okay? And then I say to it, um, I need a new practice manager. Ask me questions to find out more about my situation. Ask me one by one, okay? So now I'm having a conversation with an expert. He asks a question and I respond. I give a little bit of background. So it could be, you know, what are you looking for in a practice manager? What are you struggling with at the moment? What would be the first tasks? What would their priority tasks in the, in the first day? What, those sorts of things. And now what it's doing, even though it's asking me the questions, just like any consultant, it's building a picture of identifying the need so it can better advise, right? So from that, it gives me a little bit of advice. And then I said to her, I said, well, then give me expert advice, prioritizing uncommon advice first, <laughs> and tell me how I can find a practice manager for my, for my practice. 
And then it gives me a list of, some of them are quite obvious, but some of them are quite like, okay, that's an inch. I've not heard of anyone actually use that as an idea to try and recruit. That's quite interesting. Um, and then I said, okay, now act as my best in class, world expert, whatever it might be, job ad writer. Write me a job ad for the practice manager role. So already understands about the practice, understands what I want, all this kind of thing. And it creates this job ad. And it looks pretty good, James. It looked like, and it, it's doing this in seconds, right? The only, the only thing that's slow about it is my 42 words per minute typing speed. Okay, I'm the slow one on this conversation. So it's got this job ad. Then I ask it, how can, give me 10 ways in which I can improve this job ad to, to make it stand out as an ad in the, on the job boards. It gives me 10, 10 ways it can be improved. Then I said, rewrite the job ad, incorporate these improvements, <laughs> right? So it's already good. <laughs> it's already good. Then it just like puts it on knobs <laughs> and it just like boom. And I was like, this is this is really good, right? And of course, you know, in real life, maybe a principal, the actual principal would want to change it and add a few things and that kind of stuff. But the way it was set out, formatted, beautiful. So we've got that. So it's it's I've had a con I've had a consultation with it, right? Which has cost taken me about three minutes. It's understood what it is. I've got two uh, two job ads to use. Then I say to it, um, act as my expert CV analyzer and assessor and give me a guide on how I can assess the right CVs, the, the right uh, the strong candidate for based on their CV. And it gives me, gives me some gump about that. And then I said, write it in the in a table <laughs> so now it's written a table and it's 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 got it so it's really easy to look at specific elements right of the of the cv so now this particular practice owner when he gets a cv gone he's got a crib sheet to check it's like okay yeah this one looks this this one's ticking most of the things that are on the the assessment guide that ChatGPT's created for me right it's a little bit more to this, and I'll, I'll we'll it, talk about something else. It just, you know what? The more I learn, the more it astounds me. You know, I mean, even just you can see the leveling up, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got more, you said. There's more on that. So now we're on about six minutes in. Okay, so we've got this. Um, the next thing that I ask it to do off the back of that is, to, yeah, that's it. I said, write, write, write a. Um, a response to I think I get it to act to someone else. Yeah. Act as a recruitment consultant. Yeah, specialist recruitment consultant. And I said, um, write me a uh, and a creative acknowledgement email, or uh, and inviting the person to for an for an initial chat, informal chat. Write that. Got that email. Then I said, write it as a DM. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> then it puts it uses more informal language, right? Then I said, um, simulate a interview, a phone interview with me and a strong candidate. And now it's playing the different parts of how that conversation could go. 
that's me just being playing around with it, to be honest. There's probably people thinking I don't I don't need that. But you are all of the different steps that you've got, if you're thinking about how do I recruit someone and what would be great to have really quickly, like those acknowledgement letters, like those letters where you have to let people down, right? You've got it. But the one that I really liked is I got it to become my expert interviewing coach. And I got it to write a load of questions, follow-up questions, and then also identifiers for a strong candidate in the style of a checklist for when for when I would be interviewing this practice manager. Because I think a lot of people, when they go, you know, when they're recruiting, they're just like, you know, they have a friendly chat, I'll tell you what goes on in the practice, but they don't actually dive down deep. I mean, I'm used to like corporate interviews, you know, it's very structured and it's uniform approach. But because ChatGPT already understands exactly what the practice manager role does, it's, it's created this list of questions, follow-up questions, uh, associated and related and relevant um, identifiers on what is a strong, strong um, candidate. And all of this information and more was done in less than 10 minutes. So being this made-up practice practice owner who's gone from scratching their head thinking i put a job on indeed i've gone i've put it on the facebook you know places and all this kind of stuff and i've interviewed a couple of people but they the interviews didn't go around it's now got a leg up right probably motivated inspired and got some assets and guides that you can use as part of that process nuts i mean yeah like i say it every time i learn more about it even just as this conversation has evolved, the succession of how I'm blown away I am just increases and increases and increases, right? And yeah, it's incredibly powerful. It really is. And for anybody who hasn't checked it out, chatgpt.com, right? Am I right, Ian? Am I, yeah. I would just Google chatgpt open AI because it's, it's, I don't think it's, don't, I don't think it's chatgpt.com. It's um I should know that. I just put Jack GPT the person that comes up, I click on. It. Um actually I've got a bookmark now to use it safely much. I was gonna say something, another another area, and I think you kind of touched upon this, right? Copy for your emails for your patients. The, the practice flipping newsletter, right? You don't yeah. need a copywriter. You don't need someone to do that for you, right? You just need chat GPT with the correct parameters and questions. Or at the very least, even if it throws back something at you, maybe it's like 95% how you want it. Maybe it's not 100% how you want it. Maybe it's like 95% and you tweak a few things. It's an amazing place to start that saves a huge amount of time. You know? I think, yeah, writings, there there are some potential pitfalls and hazards to be aware of when it comes to the writing side of things. Good to know. So the first thing I would say and this probably, I can't see how this would have really affect, affect non-clinical tasks, business of dentistry type of use cases. But it's good to know that ChatGPT has built, it's, it's learnt all of this internet text up to, I think it's the end of 2021. So it doesn't know who won the World Cup this, last year, doesn't know how many prime ministers we had last year, doesn't have oh. the information. No, so... It's not plugged into the internet. It's so that that means that there is potential inaccuracies 
any information that it provides. So you have to keep a careful eye on that. Also, it is subject to bias. Now, that can come from two things, based on the information it's learned and also based on your prompts. Okay, it's it's got lit, it's got restrictions in there. Some things it won't do because OpenAI has put some rules on it, so it can't be abused. But generally speaking, ChatGPT is acting as an assistant, right? So if you tell it something's wrong, it's like, oh, okay, sorry, I didn't realize I got that wrong. <laughs> so you can actually kind of manipulate it if you want to in that particular conversation. Like I said, I think. Only if you try and prove a point that it doesn't work is that really going to happen. But generally speaking, if you if you're not being an idiot and just using it for general good tasks and not business adventure tasks, then it's going to be okay. But it's good to just be aware be aware of those things. The the next thing that's just on that, which I think is is really worthwhile knowing, is that AI generated text has been around for a while, not. To this level, but writing blogs for your website and this kind of stuff has already is already been on the radar of Google. Now, Google's policy is that it, I think, it sort of deranks or it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't play well with AI generated content. And you're thinking, well, how does it know? There are AI detectors that are able to try and spot and try and guess and figure out whether content is ai generated or not yeah. so i would be careful using it for blogs mm-hmm. there are way around there but i you don't want to affect your seo and i always say you know use a use a a, a respected and well-known and well-used seo person for your for your content on your dental websites um but when you when you're talking about newsletters right and and social media content it's brilliant. You can write policies with it, James. I wouldn't ask it to write, you know, a data protection policy. It could do it. There's some gaps in it. But you could write policies on lots of different things, non-compliance things, and it will write it, it'll do it in seconds for you. You just set out what you want it to be based on, what it has to include, who's the responsible person, and it'll write it for you. So that's really good, and then you like with the the new the um the newsletter the email newsletter. I think when I speak to a lot of practices, because they talk to me about consent and can I email to people, and they've got loads of consent. They just don't have any ideas on what to, to email them about. They don't have a copywriter on hand who can charge a lot of money. So now you've got all these people that have signed up and said that they want to have they want to hear from the practice. You could just give it the practice news. You know, we've got new hygienists now. We're starting to do facial aesthetics, all this kind of stuff. And it'll write it. Done. Got the content. <laughs> you know, I remember in the 90s when I was growing up, this sort of stuff was pure science fiction, right? So that's my frame of reference, right? I remember, okay, I was watching iRobot. By the way, we're on like 40, 50-minute marks. So we'll, we'll wrap this up pretty soon, so I won't walk yeah, yeah. along with this story. Uh, but basically... Um, yeah, I was watching iRobot, which somebody in the audience will know when that came out, but my guess is like mid-2000s. You know, iRobot, was yeah. this, right? And there's a part where he walks into this room and he talks to his speaker 
And the speaker, he says, speaker off like that, right? Because it's playing music and it's like, and then the speaker talks back to him and it's like, speaker is now turning off or something like that. And yeah. the, in the way it's portrayed in this movie, it's like a real wow moment. And from that era, that was something seriously impressive. Like that was something that was just not, it didn't exist at that time. That was something for the future, right? Now we have Alexa and all of those things and you can talk to, lots of appliances in your house because Alexa can connect to them, which is crazy, right? But this sort of stuff, yeah. right, this literal chat GPT, I did not think that this would be, this is ahead of its time. I did not think this this level of responsiveness and communication from a robot would be real until like 2030. So anyway, I've picked it up enough, enough talking about chat GPT uh, from me from today. <laughs> You mentioned all all of the stuff that you mentioned today. Will this be covered in your book that you talked about? Yeah, so I've used some I've used some specific examples, and it's it's an ebook. So there's some videos as well because it's quite it's this is quite a difficult thing to explain verbally, you know, and also it's quite difficult to even write about. It's good to actually see it, but what I've done is I've I've I haven't helped, ChatGPT has not helped me write my portion of the book. That's all me. You can tell because that's all spelling out. <laughs> um, but uh, but the, um, what, what's important is that I've, I've set out the things that you need to know. If you want to be the 10% of people who are actually using this pro- properly and not the 90% who struggle with it or just use it for raps and all this kind of stuff, you need to know its limitations. You need to know how the workarounds and some of the errors that, that, that come up. And then we get into the juicy stuff. And that's about mastering your prompts, right? Being able to get all of that stuff from just one conversation and getting so much, so much stuff. I think you know, I only needed to do this one thing, this one task. But actually, I come across this situation quite a lot, or I, there's some other things that come up. So I'm going to get it all now so because it's already learned. It's got the context. It understands me. It knows what I'm talking about. So that's why you can get all of these templates and policies and responses and newsletters and social medias and everything, all these ideas just from that one conversation. So I go into that and I actually show specific examples and then give you a prompt template so you can really get the most out of these different use cases and all i ask people is don't be shackled by these prompt templates use them as inspiration and completely you know do um get to go get your 200 top bounds that's what my book is is the, to, to save you the 150 hour learning curve that i've had to get to this point where i'm i'm using it effectively and optimizing my business and i'm sure dentists will be able to do that too good to know and what's the title of that book Working title. Working title. <laughs> but okay. it's going to have saving money and saving time and chat GPT and dentists in one particular in kind of order. I'm going to ask chat GPT who actually helped with the, with the title of the book because I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. If it does all of those things, I'm flipping sore because that sounds awesome. Adrian, thank you for your time today, my friend. That was thank a you, buddy. lightning podcast. Really bringing this information the dental industry, it doesn't really have a platform elsewhere. So it's really cool that we can talk about this and disseminate this sort of stuff out there and be a little bit avant-garde yeah. in that sense. And you know what? Anybody who wants to reach out to Adrian, 
you'll be able to find him on the Facebook group. Adrian Dre, not Dr. Dre, Adrian right. Dre. You'll be able to find him. Should have been a doctor. Could you imagine? <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> All right, cool. Well, anyway, Adrian, thank you so much for your time this evening. We shall catch up very soon, my friend. See you later. Cheers. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit follow or subscribe so you can stay up to date with information on new podcasts which are released weekly. Please also feel free to leave a positive review so others can learn about this podcast and benefit from it. I would also encourage any fans of the podcast to sign up to the free Facebook community from which the podcast originated. Please search Dentists Who Invest on Facebook and hit join to become part of a community of thousands of other dentists interested in improving their finances, well-being and investing knowledge. Looking forward to seeing you on there.